You know, it's one thing when you're an immigrant. It's a total other thing when you're a refugee. And you come to this country. So what's it like? We're about to find out. And, and this, this is Chick, Chick to Chick. Chick. Happy New Year, everyone. The Chicks are back. We took a little break there over the holidays just to rest and spend time mm -hmm. with family. But now we're back and it is 20. 22. How bizarre <laughs> to be saying that. Um, but we're so glad to be back and we have a great podcast uh, to kick off the new year with. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've read this book called Saigon by Phuc Tran a little while ago in the fall and actually it's more like the summertime. And I know of Phuc because we went to the same high school we actually went to the same elementary school, same middle school, but I didn't know Phuc, but yet I thought I knew Phuc. And this is because his family came here from Vietnam and I found his story incredibly, um, geez, jarring at sometimes, heartwarming at others. And I thought this has gotta be something we should talk about because he talks a lot about the, the difficulties when you're a refugee and you're trying to assimilate. Well, it's really difficult. My parents came to this country as immigrants. Um, they wanted to come here. Uh, they wanted to start a new life. Um, and I'm sure that he is in the same situation, but it's got to be a completely different thing yeah. coming here as an immigrant versus coming here as a refugee. Yeah. So we're going to talk with him. So right now joining us is Fook Tran. Hey, thank you so much for being on Chick to Chick. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, Hi. so right out of the gate, I want you to tee up this book because only you can colorfully give the best description of what Saigon is about. Oh gosh, um, so I would say it's a, you know, in, in some ways it's a classic coming of age story, um, but it's my story obviously. So maybe my story doesn't sound like other people's story um, stories. Uh, you know, I'm, I grew up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania as, you know, the only Vietnamese refugee kid and family uh, for as far as we could see. And uh, it was in the eighties. And uh, that went really smoothly, as you can imagine. So, <laughs> so that's what my book was about. Yeah. So and it's also about, you know, uh, sort of surviving like my dysfun the dysfunction of my family and sort of, you know, 80s Pennsylvania. Yeah. Hey, don't feel bad. We all have dysfunction in our families. <laughs> Every single one of us. Absolutely. So let's go back to the beginning. How old were you when you came here? And talk to us about what that was like. Um, so I was one and a half, not even two, when my family came to the U.S. And uh, we were um, relocated to Fort Indian Town Gap, um, where, you know, uh, I think like maybe like 30-ish thousand Vietnamese families were um, relocated. And then uh, from there, we were sponsored by um, some nice Lutherans in Carlisle, um, Bill Hook and his family. Um, and I think there's still, many of them are still around Carlisle. And um and so they were our sponsors and sort of helped my family of, you know, like 12, you know, sort of figure out America. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's how we ended up in Carlisle. Yeah. So it was really interesting to read because I could place location, I could place everything. But I think what people who will read it and don't know exactly where you lived, they're going to come away with it in the dynamic of the family relationship that you had. So not only are, is your entire family displaced, but talk to us about, because this is part of your coming of age kind of, is how the dynamic was within your family. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's um, you know, everyone in my family was, you know, experiencing some form of, I think, PT. I, mean, I, I am no psychologist or, you know, psychiatrist, so, you know, I can't really 
armchair diagnose my family, but I think, you know, going through a civil war and then the collapse of your country and coming here, not speaking any English, um, doesn't seem like an easy time for anyone. Um, and, you know, and then having to leave family members behind, uh, and then moving to Carlisle, um, I think it was just really difficult for them. Um, and I think, I think on top of that, you know, you've got, you know, you have like a language barrier, you have like a cultural gap. And then all of a sudden, all the young kids in the family are growing up in the U S and they're fully Americanized. So now you have, you know, like yet another barrier for communication between sort of my generation and then my parents' generation. So I think it was really challenging. So it's challenging, I think, for any child growing up and going through school and maturing and whatnot, but it's completely different for you. Um, what was that like? And what were some of the challenges that you faced going to high school with someone like that? Thanks. The cheerleader, which <laughs> when you hear it, when you, when you read oh, wait, the book. she really liked that. Right. No. I, Seriously, you know, like, yeah, what was it I, like for you? I hear that, Flora. And I think, I think that for me, like the really, the, the really illuminating thing was, you know, so one of the sort of big pillars of my book is my discovery of punk rock and how that really helped me find my tribe. And, and, you know, and so I think like on the surface, like I looked at my skateboard and punk rock friends and they were just like all like middle-class white kids, but they had the same sort of like disconnect with their parents that I had. And maybe, maybe even more profoundly, I don't, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but it, it, that was really comforting to me. And I think you're right. It's like growing up as a teenager is hard anyway. Right. And I think that that's what we really connected with. So I, you know, I, I'm not quick to write off. Like I, you know, I think wrong, wrongly. So like, I assumed like, Oh, well, you know, if you were just like a regular old white kid, you know, it was so much easier for you. And that's, mm. that's definitely not the case. Right. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. I just had a special brand of, you know, sort of difficult upbringing or, you know, difficult adolescence, but I think everybody does. You know? so, so that helped you then feel some sort of a connection when you said you got into punk rock. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and I think in the process of writing the book, I think like what's been really illuminating is hearing from fellow classmates, you know, from my graduating year who reached out to me and just sort of let me know that they were going through things too when we were in high school that I had no idea about. You know, and I think for me like I think it really underscores how little we know about each other's stories and how we make big assumptions about like what people are going through. Um, you know, like I had, I had a fellow classmate who, you know, sort of wrote, reached out to me and said, you know, I was closeted and gay all through high school. And I mean, I didn't know any, I didn't know gay kids till I got to college, you know, I mean, like it was just not a safe time to be, you know, out at, in Carlisle in the eighties and the nineties. Um, so that was, that was really eye opening for me. Yeah, that um, is very, very true. So one of the other things I love about your book is the way in which you compartmentalize in your storytelling using literature. So I know that you were a smart guy. You just didn't feel comfortable exposing your smartness, so to speak. And you had someone who was actually from my class. Um, Fook and I are just a year apart. And this guy who was the punk rocker, right, the skater dude, he had the highest, um, uh, what is that called, the... Um, 
help mohawk. me out here. The mohawk. My gosh. Yeah, the <laughs> highest She's mohawk. going like this. I'm I like, know. what? Yeah. The high, they can't, <laughs> for the podcast, yes. they have no idea what I'm doing above my head. <laughs> they had the highest mohawk I've ever seen in my life. And he was, it, but he is someone who sort of brought you out of your shell in terms of enjoying literature. And I love that you took this love of literature and you told your story through the eyes of certain characters. So talk to us about why you chose to do it that way. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, thanks. I mean, it was, you know, I, I, I mean, I really read books to, you know, not feel so alone, you know, like I remember reading Scarlet Letter and, and reading about Hester Prynne being exiled. I was like, I, this is, book, this book is for me. Like, it's so like, it, it really spoke to me in such a profound way, you know, and, and the flip side is even if the book wasn't intended for me, it felt, it felt so, um, you know, sort of revolutionary for me to sort of crash this party to which I was clearly not invited. And, and, um, you know, it just felt really subversive. So, um, so, you know, and, and I didn't really discover therapy you know, until much later in my life, you know, in my thirties. So, you know, I mean, it, this is like a teenager's version of like, sort of like poor man's therapy, right? Like just reading books and like crying and be like, you get me, Nathaniel Hawthorne, you really get me. So, but I thought that's what girls did, because I thought that that's what girls did. We threw ourselves in these books and, you know, we, we either romanticized about things or, you know, we could feel the pain of the character help draw out ours. But it really, it really did move you through different stages of your life growing up, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I couldn't talk to my parents. I couldn't talk to my friends. And, and I mean, I think when you feel like you're just going through this stuff alone, like you're, you're just, you know, it's like any port in a storm. Right. I remember reading Judy Bloom in like, in like late elementary school and wishing that there were like a Judy Bloom for like Vietnamese boys. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I mean, you're it not, so it's me like, food, right? <laughs> yeah, no, a thousand percent. But like, there's not. So, like, you do what you can, right? So, you read, you know, Mark Twain and you read, you know, Nathaniel Hawthorne or, you know, Kafka, right? Like, like any, like any normal kid. <laughs> so, at the end of the day here, what is your message um, to others? What do you want people to know? You know, I, I don't want to compare myself to you, but, you know, kids are cruel. And my parents were Italian immigrants and we were picked on, my brothers and I, and we were called derogatory names um, because we were Italian. And you, of course, are coming at it from a completely different world being a refugee. And I'm sure the kids were cruel and mean to you as mm -hmm. well uh, because of your cultural differences. And, and to you, you're like, what's the big deal? Because I didn't understand what the, so we're Italians, so what? What is your message? What do you want people to know? Um, and what do you want to tell them? Yeah, I think, um, I think I hope if people only get one thing from the book, it's, it's that like, we're, we're really complicated people that, that, you know, there's, you know, there are so many sort of like multiple identities that we have sort of operating at, at any given point. And, um, and that's true for ourselves and that's true for, for everybody that we encounter. And, and, you know, I hope that if they read my book and they can approach, um, themselves and the people in their lives, especially strangers with some empathy, like, mm. I think that that's, that's not going to make the world a worse place. I think <laughs> that's a big word. Empathy. Empathy. It's a big word. Well, I am so happy that you came on our podcast today. I was so excited from the very beginning of reading your book. I was like, I said to Flora, so we have to have him on. So thank you so much. Thank you. For writing this memoir, uh, Fook, because I think that so many people will garner something from it. And so I'm hoping they'll get out and pick it up. And thank you so much for being here with us today. 
Thanks, Carrie. And thanks, Flora. And uh, yeah, happy new year to you. Happy okay. new year. Thank you. I'm telling you, you got to you, you, you just got to delve into he this had book, to deal folks. with you. you did, no, not really. Oh. Not really. Not really. <laughs> but I, uh, I as you know, as Fook said, you know, people need to have more empathy. Mm -hmm. No one knows what's going on. Nope. And, you know, when you're coming here from another country, whether you wanted to or you're forced to, it's a whole different gamut of things going on. And I just love the way that he does the storytelling about his life. You know what? Different is not a bad thing. If someone's different from you, that's not bad. Yep. Embrace it, learn from it, grow from it. And you know what? It's a new year. Can't we all just be kind and get along? Yes, we absolutely can. We appreciate you being here. And we hope that you will come back when we are chirping about another topic. <laughs>